Welcome to the latest episode of the Precision Farming Dealer podcast. I'm Michaela Plotner, Associate Editor of Precision Farming Dealer. New episodes of this series are available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to get an alert when upcoming episodes are released. Transparency and relationships built on trust have led to an impressive 13-year trend of steady growth for Jenner Precision in Fairbury, Illinois. Jenner Precision, Precision Farming Dealers 2022 Most Valuable Dealership, is a largely aftermarket business that's part of Case IH dealer Jenner A. Executive Editor Kim Schmidt and I visited Jenner Precision to dive into the practices making their business successful. In today's episode, you'll hear excerpts from our more than two-hour discussion with Brian Fair, manager of Jenner Precision, salesman Nate Kelson, and Precision Support Specialist Andre Hildenbrand. Brian starts us off after Kim's question, followed by Nate and then Andre later in the conversation. How would you guys describe your core precision mission as it relates to customers, employees, and revenue growth? The four core values, the bridge. So the bridge, so these are general objectives, okay? The bridge, the B is for bond, okay? We want to build a bond, whether that's internal customer or an external customer, okay? okay? And then we want to recruit wins. So when we have a big win, we want to talk about it, okay? And we want to keep them going. And involved knowledge is asking other people. There's some people that have been at Jenner's for 25 years. So um, there, and then drive to a line would be the, Work, everybody works together as one. We have one goal of where we want to get to and then give gratitude. Tell people thanks. Um, so that's, I mean, the biggest thing there is, is like if we send out RTK fees, I'll send them maybe in a text and I'll put in there, we thank you for your business. We really appreciate it. That goes a long ways because customers appreciate that we, you know, appreciate what they do. And that's internal the same way. And then endorse value, believe in and show that our stuff's a value. Okay. So that's the bridge. And then, and then rise is the reduce, improve, simplify and environment. So that's Jenner as a whole. That is what everybody is trying to do every day. Whether that's with someone in the building or someone, a customer. And they can tell when a, when an employee is bought into a company, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you can tell that when they, when they show up on the farm, they can tell, okay, this person might not be the, like with me, I'm not, I wasn't, I'm not the brightest crayon in the box on ag at all, but they, they know that, that the, he believes in what he's, the company he works for, he believes in the service techs that supported him. The people from Harristown stuff would come to the farm meetings and, and they said, well, who are all these people, right? We didn't, we never seen any of these people at our farm meetings before. And it's because we got creative on prospecting, what you say. Yeah. And there were people coming in where there was a couple of meetings where, I would say two thirds or three fourths of the people in that room had never done business with Jenner before, right? And it's just creative prospecting. And I'm not saying we've sold them, all them guys something, but they're showing up. And so we're getting a little bit, we're willing to try new things. And COVID's put a little bit of a crunch on that, right? Yeah. I mean, I just don't jump into a combine randomly like I used to. And I'm hoping we get past that where we can get, but we're, we're, we just try to get creative in the prospecting side. That, that helps growth. If you're working with, it is good to have a relationship with the same customers, but if you want growth, you got to pull a few more in, mm -hmm. right? Because after a while, 
the technology world is nice because it always expands, but sometimes there's a year where I'm just not going to sell this guy something because he's pretty well set up for the year. Right. You know, if I'm going to be straight honest with him, he's set up. Yeah. He doesn't have anything that he needs to change. Right. In two years, three years. Yes. But this particular year I need to be finding somebody else. Right. But I think a lot of the cold calling is for the most part gone down to a minimum because yeah. Just because you don't sell somebody something doesn't mean you can't talk to them because if you know that customer really well, he's going to say, hey, call my guy. I know him for the last six years. Mm-hmm. Call my guy. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So then there's your new sale. What do your service packages look like? You know, How are you? We basically have a basic and an advanced plan. And it's the basic covers phone support and some extended hours okay. into Saturday and eight o'clock PM type of stuff. Being more available after five o'clock. And then the advanced one, you pay more dollars and you get one free inspection basically, but you also get the same hours, the phone support, you get discounts on hourly service labor, discount on parts. They're our service first customer. You know, okay. we go to them and bypass the general people. Right. As what Andre's talking about is when we have a guy that buys something and we're supporting it past full two years, then we'd like to be them to be on a maintenance plan so we can continue to give them support. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing is there's not enough hours in the day for these guys to answer the phones. Mm-hmm. And so if we want to continue to add people, we're going to have to, we have to charge for that service. However many percent who don't have one of the packages, if they call, are you charging them for mm-hmm. yes. support then? The biggest thing is everybody's struggling right now in the service tech world. Mm-hmm. These guys are these guys are becoming more and more valuable every day. And other dealers are figuring that out too. So it's just we're gonna have to charge for it if we want to keep these guys around right. in this economy. How are you convincing the customers that the service plan is beneficial to them? Precision planning says if you're sitting on the inroads for it was an hour, it's thirty three hundred dollars. I mean, it's it's very expensive to farmers to sit during a good window, a good weather window, right? And so if they can hit the field and feel confident that, that equipment, it's not the stuff doesn't break, but that, that equipment is ready to go and they can get a good start going. They're going to pay the money that, but if they have somebody's coming out with a checklist and they're like, "Yeah, your planner looks good here." There's a lot of difference between that and somebody's pulling off gauge wheels, checking things out, spacing stuff, right? So they can, that's where Andre, like he, he's got, he sells that, right? And as a salesman, I put, I, I keep my hands out of it a lot of times. And I say, this is the people that will take care of you, right? And I, and I put a ton of trust in them and the customer reads that too, right? That I know this person will take care of you and you need to let them on your farm and let them work with you, right? And that means paying a service plan. So it's kind of a, a team effort. But what would you say are the biggest challenges, you know, the precision team's facing <laughs> right now? The biggest, I mean, I, the biggest challenges is product, yeah, getting product. I have never been a guy to go out and order a bunch of inventory. We've been very fortunate with Ag Leader, Precision Planning, Yetter, Raven, whoever we work with, it was on time, on time delivery. You order it, you had it in three, five days. And so, this has been a big change for me because I've never played that game where we're going to go out and order $700,000 of inventory and hope to sell it. Hope is not a plan. You know, we've had to do some creative things. I mean, we're ordering in December, we're ordering fall product. 
And the biggest thing on that is, so if this thing ever does flush through, do you don't have a glutton of bad inventory? Right. Because that's the problem with precision is in the precision technology, everything's changing so fast. Pretty obsolete in three years. You know. And so that's, that's the biggest thing that we're working through. We've got some areas that were maybe better than some other dealers and we're tweaking some other areas to get some product. We're fortunate on that side. And then it's, it's just trying to look out ahead, but it was our forecasting and what we do is a great game. We're doing it all the time. Yeah. With what you're ordering for fall, are you ordering more than you typically would so that you have it or how have you changed? I'm kind of saying, okay, we need, I know we need this many of this and we've sold this many and we're going to do this many. And then hopefully we can do some trading. Um, we've traded quite a bit of precision stuff to get some stuff we needed. Right. So with other dealers, with other dealers. So and what's, what's also changed is we, we have always tried to order some stuff during the programs, you know, right. a little extra, but like Yetter is telling us for fall product, which is going to start to be made late spring, early summer, they're not going to start making it till then. Right. So if you, if you don't have order by January 1st, it, it, you forget it. Well, that's different. I mean, before it's one thing, it's like, well, maybe we can get a little more margin if we take the risk and order a little of this in. We're pretty sure we can sell it. So we'll, we'll go ahead and put some money on our inventory, right? And take that risk and we'll get a little. What Yetter's saying is you don't order it by January. The farmers usually think about that, like one of these products we sell Devastators, they think about this product late July is when they even start to think about it, right? And and we're, I'm going to farmers and telling them, if you don't have this order by January, forget it. And they're going, what? You know, we, we think about this stuff in July, right? And, yeah. and so that's really changed for us in a way as far as how much do you get? Because they're going to think about it, but how many of them are going to think about right. it, right? It's, it it's a lot more risk. It's a whole different ball game and a whole different world. And we're challenge. fortunate. We're fortunate enough, once again, that we have an owner that understands... Before we continue the conversation, I'd like to invite you to the upcoming Dealership Mind Summit in Iowa City, Iowa, July 26th through 27th. This two-day dealers-only conference offers knowledge-packed general sessions, panels, roundtable discussions, networking, and more. Mark your calendars for July 26th through 27th and register online at dealershipmindsummit.com. Now let's get back to the conversation. look five years ahead what's like a critical change you think you need that the business needs to make for continued growth more service tax employees not just service i think sales there's a lot of guys out there that we don't even see on the sales side i'm sure of it but you got to have the service guys to back it up to back it up yeah from the service side are you Looking for the general service tech who then learns the precision side, or are you going and finding people who got the well? Weston didn't, Weston didn't know how to drive a tractor when he started here. Okay, so the, the training is out there. The vendors do a good job of training, so it's it's yeah. really it's it's basically come down to if the guy has a good work ethic and wants to put the time in it, we invest in them. The opportunity, the sky's the limit. I mean, that's what I will tell you at Jenner. The sky's the limit. There is no limited income here. Yeah. 
And that's what I will tell you. The, the biggest thing is with Nate is my brother, James. Nate was wanting to do when he was the operation manager, he was wanting to do something. And James is like, no, you don't need to do it that way. You need to be working yourself out of a job every day. And they says, well, if I work myself out of a job, what am I going to do? We will always find something else. And so that's what we've always tried to do. So always be getting your replacement. Yeah. Because I, I was in sales for a while. You like were three months. Yeah, we he was going into sales and then we had a service tech walk in and quit. And so we put him back to service. So, so he did really good. <laughs> but that I mean, that's where Andre flexed back for us. It's also to show that the service tech, because he knows the product and you've trained that much time into him that he can be a salesman. Yeah. And do successful at it. And if not, there's always a job waiting for him in the service department. Can always find, you know, you already have the knowledge. Yeah. You don't have to retrain a new guy. Because that's what I asked him. I said, I'll do the sales thing. I'll try it. But I better have a job when I Right. But if, fail if, if I decide, well, it's Or if I don't want to do it. Yeah. yeah. I said, am I going to have my service job? They said, absolutely. Always use you in the service department. There's a lot of stretching that goes on here, right? And, and some of it's self-training, but how do we get better? Because there is no limited income per se, right? Um, the salesman is always going, okay, how? Where should where should I be spending my time? Like it sounds simple, but it's it's still just continuing to do things maybe we didn't do last year to grow, right? And we're yeah. I mean, when I was operations director, they walked into my office and they said, "Take one pre- one person, two people, whatever. Just train some people. Everything you do, train somebody else to do it. You're going into sales now." And I'm just like, you know, I got a family to feed. They said, "Don't worry, we'll bury you. You will never." have to worry about you know they had pegged me right they said this is what he's going to be good at right i don't ever want to go back to that you know that operations job i like sales so they 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 weren't just it wasn't random they figured that for him i mean basically it's what it was he came in one day and i'm just like what do you think about going to sales oh i'm like well that's what you're doing and that's i mean that's I had talked to Steve and I had talked to my brother James and that's kind of what we decided. And so Steve's like, don't load and aim, fire the gun. If you're going to make the decision, make it. So that's what we did. And he's like, what do you want me to do? I said, go jump and cast. And that's, I will tell you, if you drive around the Fairbury Forest, Gilman area, he's probably known as the Gatorade guy because that's what he started doing is giving out Gatorade and candy bars. So and they had no idea I was coming. They just come through this tall corn and there's some doofus standing at the end of the road. And he's running at you when you come through the corn. He is running at your cab. And he's up the ladder and opened the door and shut the door before you really could say anything. And then looks at you and says, why don't we stop? Let's go. The other thing that Nate had is Nate was not a farm kid. He let farmers teach him. And that's how he's kind of grown to what he is. That's why I'm saying as long as we have somebody that has the right attitude, right. we can teach them. Because you have Nate that came from construction world. You have AJ that was an operator. They're both salesmen. They're both done fantastic. And they're helping each other. Service guys are doing that right. too. Teamwork is it's a good thing. The, the other thing, I guess, you guys ask how we get guys buying the maintenance plans. The biggest thing that I think people see with us is this is a business and it is run every day as a business. We don't have farming to support it. We don't sell seed corn to support it. We are precision and that's it. And so if they want us to stay around, they pretty well know that they're going to have to pay a bill. 
because these lights don't come on free. Everybody that works at this location knows what it costs a month. Yeah, and if a to farmer, turn the lights on. If a farmer asks me, will I have support? Because that's a big deal in technology, right? That they have support. Will I have support? And I look at them and I say, well, I don't sell seed and I don't sell fertilizer. I have nothing to supplement this with, right? So said, if we don't support our customers, we are immediately out of business, right? We were just out because that's all we do. And that really resonates with them. We have right? some other guys that say, we run everything that we sell on our farm. <clears throat> that's fine that you run everything you sell on your farm. But when it's go time, are you in your equipment learning, how, uh, running your equipment that you sell, or are you going to come work on my stuff? Right. And so that's that's one of the things that we, you know, that we try to say the other way is we're available all the time. You talked a little bit about training that, but at a more like formal level, how does Jenner approach training? To the employees? To the employees. A lot of the product trainings, we go to the manufacturer. Sales trainings. um, So one of the things that Jenner's does that's really cool, I just got done with it. They have a leadership class. Okay. Okay. It's two years. It's you meet five times a year. It's taught by Steve Jones, the owner. There's 10 classes, but you have a, what a great leader is. And then you have how to do a sales call. Then you have how to do a presentation. It's just all a bunch of things that make a better person. And so um, like present, you had to go learn a product that Jenner sells and you had to imprint it. You had to do it in front of this group. It's an all day class. Nine of us that went through it this year. And then um, financial, we're we're teaching financials every week. Play the great game of business here. And so... We know what needs sold and what needs serviced, and we predict right ahead of time. There's total trust in the company. If the company's failing, we know about it immediately, right? If the company, we, we don't worry about our jobs, right? There's, there's no rumors. There's not insecurity there because we're, we know exactly what the company is making. And so we act like owners, right? I did a story with Steve. About okay. great game of business okay. years ago. So I, it's all open book. It's an open book management <laughs> system, oh, okay. essentially, but there's a whole like competition. It's gave us the opportunity of to predict what we're going to sell, and it holds people accountable. Mm-hmm. Jenner's always says they would like to do a physical throughout the year instead of the end of the year do an autopsy. Yeah. So we're basically every month we know if we're losing or making money. I have have a college degree in construction and I was project manager for multiple years, right? I left the construction world, came to ag, knew nothing about ag. And the reason I signed up for this company was because they played a great game of business. That's the reason. So were you already familiar with it? Somebody had told me about it and I looked at it and I'm like, yep, I'm going to pursue that company, right? And it was a field I had no knowledge in. There's, like I said, the sky is the limit of generous. Whatever you want to put into it is what you're going to get out of it. It takes people, I mean, we always say it takes 18 months to figure it out because there's a lot that when you come in here to figure it out, to know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a little overwhelming, but, but um, it, it's, it's a continual process. Right. And, and so a benefit, we haven't talked about this much. We started with just one vendor, Ag Leader. So since we've had precision planning, yet or 360 and all that, they know we played the great game of business. Right. And, and so, our relationship and our partnership with them is it makes and breaks sometimes. We get some decent treatment out of the vendors. We get some special things and we get bailed out in season by our vendors 
you know, some of them work very hard to make sure that their product is working on that farm. When, when, it, when we've exhausted all of our resources and our training, yeah. the vendor's there. And that they don't, I, they try to do that for everybody you could say, but it is a relationship. And I think they say, okay, Jenner's is not going to be just a flash in the pan here, right? They're, they're here. This is what they do. This is what they're focused on. And their employees stick around more than six months, right? So if we're going to invest time to grow Jenner as a business, you know, the vendor's saying this, or we're deciding who do we want covering these sales areas, they know if we invest time in the people, there's a good chance that five years from now, those people will still be here, right? That's always been the case with everybody, but more often than not. So it's really given us kind of a unique, maybe a head above on some of our competition in the area okay. because of the type of company we are. We did not go to Precision Planning. We were an ag leader dealer. We did not go to them and say, we'd really like to sell Precision Planning. Can we? Because we had a Precision Planning dealer five miles down the road from us this way. We had another one 20 minutes away this way. We had another one 40 minutes away this way. There was no reason. Precision came to us, right? They came to us and they said, we would like you to be a precision planning wow. dealer. That says something about our company culture. There were that many precision planning dealers surrounding you. That's pretty impressive. That they I, I have not taken any sales from him. I haven't. I've probably sold some stuff. To his customers for him, right? I've went in, convinced the guy I've been in his cab. I know I have. And the guy's like, that's a great product. That's awesome. I didn't even know that Precision has that. You know, I'm like, yeah. Well, I usually work with this guy. Okay, go work with him. Well, we have a good relationship. We have a good yeah, working a relationship good with these guys that are close to us. Because like Andre said, there's a lot of farmers out there. We try to play fair. I mean, I've told these guys that if if you get in a cab and there's Precision in that cab, you don't you don't sell to that customer unless he requests a quote and then you do what we're doing and then we've or sell him something that isn't precision we've worked through them hurdles and and it helps when when we play the great game and we do a budget and these guys turn in sales dollars of what they're going to do or sales dollars for next year he turns in a service number and one of the head guys from precision planning comes down here with his rm and says we need to do a budget <coughs> And I said, okay, I just pull ours up. And I said, what do you want to do? And he's like, we don't need to worry about Jenner's. They got it figured out. And we didn't even go over the budget. So that that's what's helping us. Yeah. Is the, of the, the great, and the great games got us there. Trust me, it was painful. I thought it was dumb when we started it. But everybody's got to buy in and everybody's bought in. And it's nice knowing that you know what the company's done. How are you guys incorporating the Raven Autonomy stuff and, and getting that into the business and approaching sales and service on that end? Right now, I've been the one that's basically been selling it because of the stipulations of what you got to have for a tractor and stuff like that. Once we get it rolling and once they get this thing fixed, it is where the game is going. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not stopping it. I mean, it's just they had a few, the shadowings of the night and the bean dust and stuff like that. They will get all that figured out. And once that happens, we will need, that's where we're going to need techs. And yeah. they got to be smart to figure this stuff out. Basically, is what you'll do there is we will have a tiered deal. So like when you're talking the service guys, you have your service guys that what they are is they drive the big white truck. The UMAX guys are driving a 2500. No service. No service tool. I mean, they, they do all electronics is what they do. And if they can't fix electronically, troubleshooting electronics, then they call in the service tech. Then your guys up above, the UMAX Plus, 
then they're still doing electronic troubleshooting, but they're learning the new product. Okay. Right. And pushing it down is and what doing it's doing. Trainings and doing trainings and stuff, and stuff like, like that. that. When it comes to the autonomous side of it, we will have more than likely have to have somebody in here because you can log into all that stuff. Raven was logging into us when we were at the field right. day. So we'll have to have somebody that once this thing fires off, that we can see where everybody's at. Okay. And we will have somebody that has to be in an office. I think our service team in general over the next five five years or more, well, you're going to see a change in the structure of it somewhat, right? I mean, I, I would think so. I mean, as far you're, as... It's getting more electronic side of stuff. Right. And yeah. you're going to have to have the troubleshooting guys that they go in and are going to troubleshoot the electronic side of it and say, fix it. Well, just, you know, whatever and the software or whatever, or then you're going to have the guys are going to have to come in with wrenches. So the autonomy side of it is going to take a, you're going to have your service guys over here that are in the trenches and you're going to have the guys over here that are autonomy and it's going to be totally different. You're going to need a different team because it, there's, there's bring, a lot. It's there's bring a lot. in seeding yeah. and cultivation. And it may change the sales landscape. Right now, I don't sell a lot of tractors because who's going to support them up here, right? I mean, right. And, and so I don't, I just don't really focus hard on that. And right now, I've been told by our CEO, don't focus on it, right? He says, if you have a whole portfolio of stuff to sell, he says, I find if you just keep adding that portfolio, you don't sell more. You just sell what you're comfortable with. So if I'm not comfortable with tractors, I'm not going to sell them anyway, right? Even if I can't, even if they say you go sell tractors, right? So that that's it's going to change. If, if if you got somebody in the service world working on tractors in your area, all of a sudden, guess who's going to want to learn more about tractors? The salesman, right? Yeah. So it, it'll change the sales landscape if that's the way it goes. Thanks to Brian, Nate, and Andre for joining us for today's episode, and congratulations to the entire Jenner Precision team for your 2022 Most Valuable Dealership Award. If you'd like to learn more about the outstanding practices in place at Jenner Precision, we have extended coverage at precisionfarmingdealer.com mbd. Let me know what you thought about this episode by emailing me at mpaulkner at lessetermedia.com or calling me at 262 262- 777-2441. And if you're looking for more podcasts about precision farming, visit precisionfarmingdealer.com slash podcasts or check out our episode library wherever you get your podcasts. From all of us here at Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Michaela Pogner. Thanks for listening. Thank you.